Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here, and I am so pleased to be joined by Nate Astle. Nate is a board member of the Financial Therapy Association, and he is a couples and family therapist with a focus on financial therapy. Nate, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We have not had a financial therapist as a guest on the podcast, and so I'm so excited because I suspect that many people listening are not aware of the emerging field of financial therapy. And I want to be able to give them some background and then talk about our different roles as financial planner and financial therapist. And I mean, this is a year after we've, um, we're months and months into a pandemic where I think a conversation with someone with the skills of psychology would be quite helpful. Yeah. Financial therapy. Um, I mean, my bias is that it's always been important, but I think, the pandemic and just everything, the mess that was 2020, um, I think has really shown how important it is to have professionals engaged in a field like financial therapy for sure. So explain to me what the difference is between therapy and financial therapy. Yeah, so um, I think a lot of people have some inkling of what therapy might be. It does look very different depending on the professional and the training they've received and the goal of therapy. For example, you know, couples therapy is going to look different than individual therapy or family therapy. Um, But, you know, therapy, the general idea is we want people to feel better and to, you know, increase their mental health outcomes and to, um, resolve relational issues. People go into therapy for a ton of different things. Um, Financial therapy is taking those same therapeutic principles and applying them to financial practices. Um, So how I behave financially, how I think about my money, and how I feel about my money, that's what financial therapy is trying to work on, is how do we help people change their their financial behaviors, but also experience money differently. And the goal is not necessarily just to make more money, um, but it's to really increase your overall well-being and, and help your relationship with money be more healthy. Yeah, I find that oftentimes I hear people relate to me that they feel a lack of confidence when it comes to financial decisions, that they feel that their money situation is pulling them down in general. We all bring not only our own personal money experiences, but that of our families to the table when we make financial decisions. We are, um, you know, the financial beast of our legacy. How did the, how long has this field been around of financial therapy? Yeah, it it came about um, at the end of the recession. So it's been around for about 10 to 12 years. Um, at least the Financial Therapy Association itself. And it really came out of 
people struggling after the recession and therapists and financial planners coming together and realizing, hey, we don't know how to really tackle this. Um, therapists in general don't have training, specific training about money, which is um, kind of shocking to me um, as a therapist because it affects so many parts of our client work. But also financial planners might have not have skills or training in you know, basic psychology or, or listening. How do we engage therapeutically with our clients in ways that help them? So that's kind of where it came out of. And uh, it's really quite boomed in the first 10 years. So I'm excited to see where it goes as well. Well, if you rolled the clock back 40 or 50 years, that would be the world of financial planning where it was really emerging and distinguishing itself from just investing in general. So I'm also excited since I have some runway on my career path to see where it goes. And I think the best financial planners are not acting as therapists, but they do uh, mind and heart of, of individuals in a way that I think a therapist would appreciate mm-hmm. because you can certainly address the dollars and cents of someone's situation. But if you, if you aren't also getting them in the right frame of mind, it, it some, sometimes can be a fool's errand to try to, you know, change, change the dollars and cents. But what is the difference between a financial planner and a financial therapist? Sure. So, um, you know, a financial planner also has a kind of a large net. They can be working on a lot of different parts of your finances. For sure. Um, I, I think one of the main differences is a financial planner's main goal um, is probably to, how can we work with your finances in a way that's going to help your bottom line in the end, uh, which is really important work, um, especially, you know, for a lay audience that might not have experience with how to maybe manage assets or how to, how do I know the type of insurance that I need um, and all the other things that financial planners have. It's really important to have someone with that skill set. Financial therapy, I think, goes a little bit deeper into the, the why um, why do you think the way you do about money? Uh, what, what's been your, some of your past experiences with money? What was it like growing up? What messages did you receive around money? How did your parents, you know, if, if they were both in the picture or if they were one of them in the picture, how did they manage money? What messages did you get? How does that affect your life now? How does your relationship with your partner um, affect your relationship with your money? How does your financial behavior change when you're stressed versus when you're feeling okay? So these are all just examples of it. It's a little bit deeper than just the dollars and cents. The financial therapist would be more interested in delving into that and kind of processing through it so that the financial planner can have help the client stick to a plan. That makes sense. If you're working with a financial therapist, is it a you know, years long relationship, many years, or is it a defined period of time where you work through some of those challenges or obstacles? Well, the um, greatest therapy answer ever is it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Makes um, sense. Yeah. Some, sometimes um, when there's, you know, maybe there's ex- extensive financial trauma or there's just a lot of stuff that needs to get worked through, it might take a little bit longer time. And that's the same with regular therapy, right? Um, sometimes therapy is, you know, six to 12 weeks long and 
you come in and you solve X problem that you came in to work on and you go on your way. And other times there's a big, long process that needs to happen. So I think it kind of depends. It also depends on the type of financial therapist. So if, you know, if you're coming from a mental health background, doing financial therapy, you might have a little bit more leeway to work in the long term versus if other types of professionals might have kind of a restricted access. So then let's talk, let's, let's talk about this exciting area of financial professionals in context of the last year, because I have this theory as I reflect back upon 2020, that it was the most, it was like a golden age for financial planning um, or for financial decisions. I really feel like a, I just have never had as many planning obstacles and opportunities where things changed so significantly so quickly. If you if you think about how people's lives changed, how stimulus affected choices that people had, how people's personal health decisions changed, um, how suddenly there everyone was in a transition, whether it was just stay at home or retiring early or et cetera, et cetera. It is just, I believe that people will look back at this time period and, and study it and um, study people's behaviors and decisions. And I, I really think as a professional, having lived through it, it is a um, it is not a gift you would look for, but it is a gift. I looked at my tool set that I got from 2008 and 2009 as a professional and used it again. And and all of us who have who were professionals and living through the coronavirus pandemic are different now. So let's talk about financial therapy and COVID-19 and what uh, what role a financial therapist may have observed or had during this time. And what, what have you observed during COVID-19? Yeah. One, I mean, one really important topic that I think is crucial that, to getting at what you're asking is, is that of trauma. So when we usually think of trauma, um, we think of car wrecks, we think of um, you know, soldiers in war, we think of PTSD, we think of these acute or these one-time events um, that, that have a really big impact on social functioning and how we experience the world. Um, there's another type of trauma which is more long-term trauma. It's the kind that happens when uh, kids are neglected or when, or in a pandemic where a lot of our social needs or social resources are taken away from us from extended periods of time. What we're experiencing, what we have experienced in the pandemic is a trauma. Um, And so trauma affects a lot of different things but it actually affects how our brains function and it affects how we experience stress. So I hope it's okay doing a little bit of just basic education on this. Yes, please. Uh, Yeah, so our our brains are set up to protect us and that is their first and primary goal. And so, you know, if you think about thousands of years ago um, when there was a, a caveman and a saber toothed tiger, Um, Our brains evolved in order to help us protect from that saber-toothed tiger. We saw a tiger. We thought to ourselves, I either have to fight this tiger off or have to run from it or have to freeze, which is the equivalent of the animal equivalent of playing dead. Um, Our brains 
um, even though humans in general might have gotten a lot smarter and been able to do a lot of different things, our brains are still in that stage where we're in our protecting ourselves. And the thing is, is our brains can't tell the difference between a tiger and an emotional trauma. So what we have experienced in COVID-19 and the pandemic and 2020, um, our brains are reacting the same way uh, that if an actual like physical threat was happening. And so a lot of us are in the headspace of, okay, I got to run away from this um, or I got to fight it off or I got to, you know, freeze. So what in the sand. Might, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what this might look like uh, financially is I'm going to avoid maybe some uncomfortable financial topics. I'm going to um, spend more than I might usually because my brain needs that dopamine hit. I really just need some happy chemicals. Um, or it might look like, yeah, burying your head in the sand, um, not checking your balance as much, um, or maybe you're taking an opposite approach where you're very aggressive to the point where you're feeling maybe overly anxious about every single dollar and cent that comes through. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but if it's leading to some anxiety, um, that might be your fight response coming up. So th the point is, is what we're experiencing is a huge depletion of our emotional and social resources. And so that's going to come up in how we engage with our family. It's going to be, that's going to come up in how we engage with work. And it's going to come up on how we engage in our finances. Um, so like, can we pause there? So you're saying that we have a reserve of social and emotional resources that it is we can go to, that we can access in a, in a normal state. Mm -hmm. And that due to the pandemic that we've been borrowing from that, that pool of resources because of the change, because of the pressure, because of the stress so that we're depleted and we, it, and we need that pool to be full to make the best decisions. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So um, I just our, love that. I, yeah. I think it's worth a pause because that's a big deal. I can feel it. I can see it on social media. I can hear it in conversations with my friends. Um, I'm okay, but I'm exhausted or I'm okay, but this is really hard and long or I'm not okay. So I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, if, if there's one thing as we're talking about financial therapy and, and all of this stuff, um, I, I just hope listeners give themselves grace to be human, um, which means giving yourself grace to experience trauma in your own way and to allow yourself some, some wiggle room in how you've responded. Um, of course, there's more responsible ways and less responsible ways of handling things, but your brain is kind of taking over right now. Um, so a, a little bit more brain science, if that's okay. You're, uh, sure. you're the top part of your brain. Um, you might've heard of the prefrontal cortex. Um, that's, yeah, it's the part of your brain closest to your forehead and it's the part that handles decision-making and problem solving. That part of your brain might make better financial choices, better relational choices, um, better self-care choices, but the part of your brain that's in charge of survival, that fight or flight that we were just talking about, 
that overrides your thinking brain unless you're very intentional about it. So what happens is there's a, there's actually a disconnect in the neurons and you're, you do not have the ability to think rationally when you're experiencing fight or flight um, trauma symptoms. Um, and that was the point. The tiger, you didn't have time to logically think through the tiger experience. You just had to go or you just right. had to fight. And so it's going to react sooner and quicker. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that therapy and financial therapy can do is help train your brain to grasp onto that logic part a little bit longer. So you're not overridden. Anyway, the, the point is, is people experiencing trauma, if you're having trouble doing those things that normally you would have been able to, it's because your brain is disconnecting um, from your problem solving part and it's because it has to for survival. Um, so there's a reason that 2020 is so hard on so many of us and it's because we're experiencing trauma. And one of the things that we can do about it is how do we experience this a little bit differently by reaching out, getting social support, um, potentially seeing a therapist that can really help us work on some of those things. And if we're making financial decisions, you know, working with a planner and or financial therapist that can speak to that brain part of us and help us get in the right mindset, like you mentioned earlier. I agree that the financial therapist can help you work through the embedded reactions that are personal to you. And also that as a financial planner, we can be a conversation partner or sometimes I, more and more, I think of a financial planner as kind of Yoda and you are Luke Skywalker. So you're always in, in control, but Yoda can kind of be on your shoulder saying, you know, take a breath, pause, or they, um, we can sometimes be a roadblock. And so often in March of this year, when investments were way down, we would have a conversation. I was someone who could listen to the emotional reaction of what was happening in the market and I could buy us some time for or delay that decision because just like you're saying, it felt like the saber-toothed tiger was right in your face mm -hmm. and that you had a split second to act, to run, <laughs> to quit, you know. So, um, so that both professionals, I think, offer when done right, invaluable tools to assist and assist with how you feel about your decisions, as well as how, how you act. Yes, exactly. And I would assume that having unpacked at least the very, you know, the top, surf, top, top surface of a very intense and complex year that there's so much more to dive into there. But I, I think it's a great example of financial trauma. What are some other situations where trauma can be left as a, in, in essence, a scar on your brain? There's lots of different things that can be called financial trauma. And the other hard thing about trauma is just because one person experiences it a certain way doesn't mean another person experiences it the same way. You know, a, a soldier might develop PTSD, but someone in his same, his or her same platoon might not, um, even though they've been through a lot of the same stuff. So, uh, you know, not everyone experiences financial trauma the same way, but some examples that a lot of people experience is you know, divorce, um, losing a job, losing your home, bankruptcy. There's 
lots of different things that can happen to your financial well-being that can be counted as trauma and that affects affects your brain the same way um well i just thought through that list so divorces it, at least anecdotally are up or you know marital strife because you're living in the same four walls with someone who used to <laughs> living and working and doing you know like you're you're limited in terms of your interactions um certainly people have lost businesses during the last year people have felt like the control was out of their hands for with their work decisions unemployment's happening um challenges to you know managing a household where you used to have schools for your children i mean so that's the that's the other um aha for me is you know multiple traumas occurring within the same time period so you know when people just say you know 2020 is the worst there's so many things happening that can everyone's personal experiences are different but but there's a lot going on so if you feel like this is speaking to you how do you find someone like you Nate how do you find a a financial therapist i think one of the easiest ways is if you go there's a a search tool on the financial therapy association website so it's, if you just search for Financial Therapy Association or financialtherapyassociation.org, um, there's a little drop-down tab on that homepage that says find an FT, FT is for financial therapist, and you can search. Um, right now, there because our field is relatively new, it's you might not find a licensed therapist in your state if that's what you're looking for. Um, but there are financial professionals um, trained in financial therapy that can work across state lines. If you're looking for, you know, like a mental health therapist that's trained in financial issues, another really great tool is um, Psychology Today has a really great search function, and you can type in your zip code, and it'll pull up therapists in your area, and you can even, you know, do an advanced search and look for, okay, any people maybe it's covered with this insurance or working with this issue and you can further refine your search there. And I find that those are definitely the most helpful ways to start looking for a therapist. And I think in our kind of prep conversation, you mentioned a really great book as a resource to um, the body keeps the score that is goes over the essence of trauma, I guess. Yeah, a really, really fascinating book. Um, and it, it really is just talking about trauma and its effect. And it's it's a neuroscience book. So it talks a lot about brain stuff, if that's what you're, you know, if you're interested in that. But uh, it's, it also talks about just a different outcomes of trauma. So there's, you know, a person who's experienced trauma um, is going to be different in relationships than someone who has it. Um, also, some of the physiological responses, so our immune system gets compromised um, when we experience trauma. Um, our, you know, our, our heart races more, our stress levels, like our hormones in our bodies increase a lot more than someone who hasn't experienced trauma. Like our body reacts differently to trauma. Um, it's, it's not just a brain thing or a relational thing it's it affects all of all parts of us so it's a really really interesting book has um it has both research in there but also some things that we can do to start and reverse the effects of trauma on ourselves 
So yeah, I encourage them to read it. We'll make sure that we include links to the Financial Therapy Association, links to you, Nate, um, where people can find you, um, and to the book. I was Christmas shopping in Target last week and saw the book on the shelves. It's it's widely available. So, and I think it's speaking to me as top of my reading list um, in 2021. So, um, I loved this conversation. Thank you for introducing our audience to an important emerging field of for professionals and um, keep up the good work, Nate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter, also found on our website.